Welcome to the Artist Academy podcast, a place where we focus on the business side of art to help you attract more customers, increase profits, and ultimately live a life of creativity and financial freedom. I'm your host, Andrea Earhart, and this week's episode features Florida-based muralist Derek Donnelly. The thing that really stuck out to me through Derek's interview was that He has such a strive to create an artistic community in the St. Pete area. You know, doing this art thing all by ourselves, it's just scratching the surface on how much fun creating for a living can be. Having just come off another Artist Academy mural meetup and getting to spend the weekend with other like-minded artists, I can attest to how important it is to connect with other artists. If anything, having artsy conversations about business and life, you know, makes me feel a little less crazy. (laughs) Being an artist is an odd job and complementing that with odd people because let's face it, artists are awesomely odd. (laughs) It helps connect the dots in an odd way. (laughs) Derek gets this and so much more. Also, he lives in a shipping container, which I think is awesome. So let me know what you think about this week's episode with Derek Donnelly. Hello, we're here with Derek Donnelly, and I am so excited to be talking to a Floridian muralist. We have a couple of Florida muralists here in the group. Do you know Lissa Wynn or a couple? There's a couple of them in here that are down there, and uh, they recommended me to you. So I I think if if you saw her stuff, I think you would know her. I'm sure I I know Lissa. Yeah. Yeah, I network (laughs) as possible and, you know, always have. So, uh, yeah, I think that's part of the. The ticket with the art world nowadays is, you know, the collaboration, networking, and everybody kind of working together. So, yeah, I know a lot of the artists, at least on the West Coast of Florida. Yeah. Well, can you, how did you get into art? Like, how did you get into murals? Like, can you give us a little bit of backstory of your entire life in like five minutes? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I was always creative and, uh, you know, kind of an art kid. I think a lot of us were when we were children. And that eventually led to me ending up at a magnet program at Gibbs High School in St. Petersburg, Florida here. And it was a really extensive program with, you know, everything from printmaking to lithographs, old school photography with the, you know, the darkroom and everything. And uh, it was a really great experience for myself and a lot of other young creatives for that magnet program. So I went there and then I really didn't do much after high school for about 10 years. I just worked kind of dead end jobs and working in kitchens and uh, doing uh, sales on, on the phone and stuff like that, telemarketing and things, you know, whatever I could get a decent paycheck for at the time because I didn't really feel like I had the tools that I definitely did have to become a working artist professionally. So yeah, I spent a lot of time after high school, but you know, as part of my journey, it really I think helped me laser focus on becoming you know a full time working artist uh, about twelve years ago now. So without all you know the taking that ten years off and really experiencing the world and picking up different uh, experiences and or skills and things like that from some of those different jobs, I don't know that I would have been had the tools to apply to my life now. So. Yeah, I'm a full-time working muralist, Tampa Bay area. I always say um, definitely, you know, grew up on the St. Pete and Pinellas side, you know, the beaches side, but beautiful area to grow up in, but not much to do. There wasn't, you know, a whole lot of culture that we could really call our own. It was a nickname, God's Waiting Room, and uh, different things like that, where it was, you know, just a lot of retirement communities and different things, and lower middle class people, a lot of just people that, you know, working class. And uh, 
it was always you know kind of you know you live in paradise but uh obviously you, you're jaded by it with you you grow up in it sometimes so i always gravitated towards the creative stuff and uh again gives high school everything there i really just wanted to make an impact when i decided like i said 12 years ago to kind of dive headfirst in yeah it was like 2009 really the housing market crashed the last you know when we were so broke and everything in the country and uh we're you know kind of headed in there again but i think it's a little different this time but uh i definitely blossomed my art career out of the last recession and it was a pretty tough thing to do, considering I, again, hadn't really even had exposure shown in any kind of galleries or things like that, which still isn't really totally my gig. But I just didn't have the tools that I really needed until I experienced life a little bit and, and then dove in. And uh, I opened my first gallery, St. Paint Arts, which is still kind of my, my name for my company and everything, in 2012 on the 600 block in St. Petersburg, downtown. That block is really responsible for the art renaissance that we've had, you know, kind of happen here in St. Petersburg. You know, myself and Vitaly Brothers and Chad Mize and Pale Horse and a lot of different uh, very prolific St. Petersburg-based artists had studios there. And that's where the murals kind of started, at least this generation of, you know, locally here. So 2012, I opened the first stop and it was kind of a... um Come on, come all, you know, if you're creative, you got something cool to hang up. We'd love to have you. I never charge a commission. Horrible business plan, but it wasn't really about making money. We had to survive, obviously. But yeah, it wasn't about, I always believe that artist-owned galleries shouldn't really profit off of other artists. I think that they, um, and there are exceptions, and there's, you know, some in-between and gray areas, like anything. But I now run my own gallery or been part of a collective for, you know, this entire 10 years. I think it's very important that we cross pollinate and one hand washes the other. And when, you know, you own a place that other people are coming to and displaying their work and creating a mood and really making it cool, you know, you definitely benefit from that. If not anything monetary, you're known as that place and that grassroots creative community, you know, so and that's very important. You know, I think that's where it all starts. You know, we have a wonderful little compound here now that I'm in Donnelly Cove on Instagram. But yeah, it's a, called Cove, Creative Opportunities and Visual Entertainment. So we provide uh, visual entertainment to the community here in Pinellas Park. Uh, we're right on Park Boulevard in a really lovely container building that the city actually erected uh, about seven years ago. And I've lived here since. So I leased the studio and area now, but in negotiations, actually purchase. So again, the city of Pinellas Park that I'm in and actually was raised in, very receptive to ownership and us, the creative professionals, having some sort of stakeholder type of thing going on where we want to be here. They know we should be here and we provide a service to the community. So very fortunate for everything that I received and continue to. Uh, along with the opportunities and so yeah i have a great studio here uh, i can't see too much of it right now but um yeah a lot of toys art different things from you know local artists and some of my friends and we actually live upstairs myself my wife and my two-year-old son almost there. wow you said it's a container uh yeah they're all shipping containers it's actually seven shipping containers all stacked on top of each other and yeah it's, it's pretty what? yeah it's so cool it's really neat. It's actually, I believe the, I, I know that they're starting to build some other ones in another part of the county, but this was the only one on the West coast of Florida. And again, I didn't have it built. I don't for Florida folk, I, but I have leased it since, uh, since it was built. 
and uh, yeah, really cool structure. And we do a monthly art walk, other events and different things here where, uh, you know, we do group art shows, community engagement, different workshops, and a lot of live music and different things like that. It's really becoming a, a well-rounded creative hub here. And we're located actually inside the Pinellas Arts Village, which is, I believe, 56 to 5,800 blocks Park Boulevard in Pinellas Park. And we have some studios, studios at 5663, managed by one of my good friends, John Gascott. Those provide, I, I think there's like a dozen studios over there, artists of all different types, you know, different disciplines. And then we have Clayton Schwartz and Vince Pompey, both amazing, incredible metal sculptors. And some really, yeah, just other neat stuff happening in the near future too. So, uh, yeah, I'm proud and honored to kind of be part of a little village and family here in Pinellas Arts Village. Yeah, you seem to be very connected to the local art scene. That's it seems to play a pretty big part in your artwork. How much of a part are do you work on, you know, having your your co-op gallery and then how much of it is doing commissions and or murals for other people? I would love to say it's 50-50, but I really a lot of my job and you know, I made it this way and it's kind of how I've been able to do what I do and, and everything has been again just networking. Like, you know, I, I spend more time on the computer and on my phone and everything than I do painting or having events at all, you know, whether it's creating different, you know, events, different things online, you know how it is, emails, everything, you know, you got to stay well connected. And uh, I help connect dots, you know, being born and raised here, I think that's a definite advantage I've had, but being born and raised here in, in St. Pete, never leaving, working in different industries, things like that. And again, networking as hard as I could since the beginning, which is what I suggest to any artist looking to do this full time. You've got to get out there. You've got to connect all those dots. So, and I'm known for that too, around here. It's really a, a thing. I, I know, again, a lot of different people in different industries and uh, one hand washes the other. And that's how we try to you know, keep the, keep the vibe and the mood in St. Pete. Okay. Are most of these artists reaching out to you or do you reach out to them to just connect? And how does the connection process work? So say I'm putting myself in the shoes of, a, of an artist who is not connected at all and they're wanting to get started and say whether they're in your area or some other area. And they're like, how do I get into the art community? Honestly, it's very organic. And I tell everybody that, again, it's important that exposure and getting your, putting yourself out there and showing up to events and literally just like becoming part of the, the whole experience is probably the most important thing. And again, that's just showing up. You know, there's, I, I've got, just for example, you know, I've gotten a lot of inquiries over the years about being my apprentice and doing different things like for murals and stuff. And uh, it's hard a lot of times with people and uh, most of them don't end up following through or doing what they want, say they want to do, which is a lot harder than it looks, you know, like social media and things make this all look a lot easier than it is being, you know, a full-time working artist. But it's, again, a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, I'm always looking to, again, collaborate with people and have people, you know, come out and uh, help out if they really want to. But, you know, it's hot and then it's a crazy thing. So you're in the middle of summer right now in Florida. Do you stick to inside jobs during the I, summer? I mean, you try, you know, you try to, but beggars can't be choosers. <laughs> So I actually, I did have a couple indoor jobs back in June. We are full-blown in the middle of uh, summer, like you said, and I have nothing but outside work right now. Oh, no. Um, yeah, the whole Do you time. paint at night? Uh, yeah, yeah, a lot of times. I was just going to say, uh, 
Yeah, I do. The whole past week, I've been messed up even at night. Usually, you know, you can I don't want to say count on, but if it's going to be dry at all, a lot of times it is in the evening hours. Man, the sun's not beating on you, know, obvious reasons there too. But yeah, I'll, I'll work at night as much as possible. A little different now that, again, I have a two-year-old, so things are a little different now as far as my schedule goes. I used to, you know, stay up 20 hours and just go crazy or longer. And yeah, it's not quite like that anymore. But uh, yeah, I'm still out there. Like last night, I was out till, you know, 2 a.m. getting some stuff done and it's finally dry enough to, to do it. But um, yeah, I always say I'm a weatherman first and muralist second, you know, when, uh, down here. Yeah, I I can sort of relate. It's going to be 100 degrees here in Missouri for the next whole week. And like, I'm not even going to try. Yeah, hydrated. Yeah, stay hydrated. How are you getting most of your mural work? Uh, it's really word of mouth. It's like I, so as far as the murals go, a little backstory on that and how that all started. I had a, a good friend and mentor, Bill Carrera Wu. Uh, Bill Wu, he was known as back in 2010 to 12. And he really taught me kind of the business side of art, or at least the networking side of a lot of it, you know, that I utilize today. He unfortunately passed away due to complications from medication he was taking from a brain tumor that he had years prior. So in 2012, November 26, 2012, he passed away, which devastated the whole art community here. He was who I've aspired to be over the years since he left which is, again, you know, someone who tries to connect the dots and get different people together and uh, reach out to younger artists and, and do different things like that and, you know, always be an open book for everybody. You know, I try to be like that as much as possible because that's how he was to me, and I don't know that I would be a, a working artist without him. So he passed away. I ended up starting a mural the night that he passed away on the side of my old gallery that was downtown St. Petersburg. And it's really just... From there, it kind of took off, you know, gained a lot of exposure and a lot of attention from the local news, different people, because again, he's a very iconic person locally here. And also the fact that, you know, someone was painting this giant mural of him and on that mural actually has 40 other artists, 40 plus artists that painted fish and wildlife around him to kind of commemorate his life and work. So it's the biggest collaboration in St. Petersburg to date, outside of some of the community projects where there's you know handprints and things like that. But uh, true artists collaborating on one big piece—it's pretty impressive. Still, ten years later, so I started that mural. I finished it. It got all this love because again, we didn't have too many murals in town at the time. There was only a couple. I know uh, the State Theater was painted by Tess One, and then we had Sebastian Coolidge, another amazing prolific artist from Kansas City but based here ended up really making a splash in downtown and I really credit Sebastian a lot for bringing this generation of street art and this what was once taboo and this new again art renaissance to St. Petersburg he was definitely one of the first to, that I had seen to put like some real art on a building versus just a, a stamp or a sign or something like that so I yeah I just started getting calls after that, people would reach out. They're curious. And then I can't lie and say we didn't bang on doors either. And I, I, if I say we, when talking about the early days of the murals, a lot of it, again, was with Sebastian Coolidge. We were just knocking on doors with different businesses with blank walls to see, you know, who would, could, maybe even just pay for paint to let us pretty much put a billboard <laughs> art with our names on it, you know, on the side of their building. And sooner than later, it started to happen. You know, we were diligent enough and, and really stayed on it. And uh, both of us, you know, started to get a lot of jobs. 
and uh, it's still continuing. And you know, all the other artists too. You know, we weren't the only ones, but uh, Vitaly Brothers and Test One and everybody. You know, Chad Mize, Everybody stays pretty busy still. I know everybody's still really booked up with different jobs and things like that. So it's it's pretty amazing that you know, we're all staying busy as well, especially during these times right now with the country and everything. So yeah, the mural world down here is really. You know, it started, I'd say, in 2012, and it has flourished. I mean, we have over, I think, over 600 murals in St. Pete and uh, in the Pinellas area alone. You know, and that's not even including the other side of the Tampa Bay in the city of Tampa. So with that, we probably have over 750 in Bay Area, if I had to guess. Wow, that's awesome. What is the biggest project, I guess, you, you've worked on by yourself or with that's not like a giant like community one? Uh, the highest paid one, really. Because we, we, we love to talk about money here, too, yeah. and just how much you can make as a muralist. Good. Yeah. Because I love making money. <laughs> yeah, no, and I, it's really, it's funny because I, um, I joke a lot about, you know, being kind of a commercial artist and whatnot. But uh, at the end of the day, like, again, I grew up here. Like, so it's very obvious growing up an hour and a half from Disney World and Universal Studios and growing up pretty much on the beaches here like your art is going to reflect that. Right. So I think my art, I guess what I'm saying has a natural, you know, kind of commercial element to it, but yeah, I love educating people on how to monetize it. And I think it's all about really expressing and really making other people understand that we are creative professionals, like, and we should be treated like any other tradesman. And even then we are very, not very many people that can do what we do. So that being said, you know, that puts us in another exclusive category with people that specialize in different things. So that usually pays more. So I I think it's really our collective job as artists and muralists right now to break the idea of the starving artist stigma. I really, really, really hate that. Always have. And I think that it can kind of become a thing of the past and almost is, but it takes education to the general public that just because we love to do it or we're good at it or both doesn't mean that it should be discounted or free. Yeah, so true. Yeah, and it actually costs a lot of money to make a big mural because it's a lot of work and a lot of manpower, a lot of paint. And, and I'd say my biggest project, to answer the original question, biggest project, I've done a few different ones that were, you know, four stories or so. Well. Sarada Beach Resort. I did all the murals for Sarada on St. Pete Beach. That was actually 2018. And that was about $30,000 worth of work on that whole project. But I mean, it, it did take, it was great pay, but did take up, I'd say a good third of the year, you know, four months or so. Wow. How much did you charge for that? That one was, I believe it was in between 25 and 30, but then there's supplies, lifts, paint, things like that. But also, I tell everybody, you kind of have to gauge it, at least my, my opinion is, you know, you kind of can gauge it on, a lot of artists do square footage and things like that, and I don't really usually do that unless it's already a template that someone's using to, like, possibly hire me. I usually charge per job, because, like, every surface is very different. I have many different styles and different ways that I paint, pride myself on being pretty versatile visually, so there's that, and it's hard to, I guess, calculate a square footage type thing if you know, it's different. You know, if you've got more of a simplistic, you know, line art type of thing versus, you know, something a little more elaborate with color blends and things like that, it's uh, obviously very different. So I do it by job, but I try to just do what makes sense. You know, what's, what would be good or okay money to me. 
if I'm out there for 10 days straight, day and night painting, you know, a wall, what would what make sense to me? You know, what's decent pay? What's that time worth to me? And then maybe add a couple bucks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because it always takes longer than you think. <laughs> what kind of materials do you use? Like what kind of, you have like a specific paint brand that you like or any, anything that's going to be on the job with you every single time? Again, each job's very different, but uh, I would say definitely, you know, I use like any kind of like good exterior, like satin enamel usually to like base coat walls. Then I use MTN 94, Montana 94 spray paint when I'm spray painting. I've been doing a little more brushwork and, and using house paints, again, like exterior enamels more lately. I've started to explore like some faux finish and rustic fun patina type stuff as well. So, you know, when I'm doing that, obviously it's rollers and brushes and sponges and things like that. But uh, if I'm just out spray painting a wall, that's that's one of the best things ever because it's so direct. You're able to um, really just point spray. And uh, once you get a hold of the way that those cans work and the angle, the distance, the pressure and the speed of them, you can pretty much do anything. <laughs> They're a wonderful tool. You have to work a little larger, which is again, fun for me and my style because I like to create like a larger than life experience when, I'm, when I make a mural. So yeah, I love the, the spray paint, I'd say, but I don't know. The grass is always greener. When I'm spray painting, I want to hand paint. When I hand paint, I want to spray paint. You know how it is. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, they, they both have their perks. It's spray painting. I'm, I am more with like house paints mostly, but the more I use spray paints, the more I'm like, why don't I use this more? It's just so much faster. And I mean, they smell bad, but and again, yeah. you have to use the whole like respirator type thing, which is really <laughs> annoying. But yeah, I use those uh, religiously. Yeah, you have to. And I recommend everybody does. I don't care if they look dorky or anything. They are hard to breathe, you know, when it's 105 degrees out, 100% humidity, you know, it's tough, but uh, that's why you charge them more. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. So what kind of advice would you give artists who are just starting out or are trying to get customers in the beginning? Because we have a lot of those artists who are listening and they want to know just like, okay, you know, they're working on their craft. How the heck do I get customers? Like, what, what, what is your best advice that you would give your younger self to do? Again, it's back to the, the networking and the one hand washes other thing I was saying. It's very important that getting yourself out there and connecting with people is the most important thing. That is, you can't buy Google ads. You can't do anything better than getting good word of mouth advertisement. So becoming part of the culture you want to be part of and that means on your own or with a group you know like you have to create something there wasn't this art scene here when i was younger if there were i would have jumped into it earlier but it wasn't so i fortunate enough to be able to say you know i I was part of a small group of people that did create this culture that's here now and you have to do that same thing and keep that going no matter where you're at who you are what you do you have to have, you know, I want to say I, I watch, I'm so bad with uh, names sometimes and especially remembering people's names on Instagram and things. I watched a segment from one of your interviews and it was an artist, another artist that paints walls recently. Kipto, um, maybe? Yes, yes. I really enjoyed what he had to say in regards to, you have to have good art. Like you have to really actually put it in there. Like you have to put that work in the sketchbook and in, you know, on canvases and things like that to get to the level that people are going to pay you good money to do good work. So foundation stuff, I think, is very important. You know, not that you shouldn't be planning for the stars and, like, becoming some big muralist, but just 
make sure you understand color and color theory and, and you know composition and different things like that to a T before you you expect, I should say, to you know go out and make a living doing this. But again, it depends on your style and what you do and things like that. You definitely want to have the tools necessary for when a challenging thing comes up that you're not sure about. Still, I, there's a few things that I've pulled off where I'm like, I um, still don't know how the hell I did that. I know other you know artists can relate, especially with the mural stuff. But you challenge yourself and really make sure that people know who you are and create, continue to collaborate and, and contribute to this culture that you know we have collectively. Best advice I have is in getting to know people, not even just on the art level, but like knowing that there's these restaurant owners or and that's actually a good point. Like get into like areas that don't have shit, like don't have any murals around your neighborhood, like doesn't have much going on there. Mural, like find a wall there. And then like, before you know it, like you become like that landmark and you're the first person with something in that area. You're going to get a lot of calls in that area. So go outside your comfort zone. And I don't even mean creatively, I mean, socially and, you know, even mentally, as far as the way you're approaching things and, and the, uh, idea of who your clients may or may not be it could be anyone more people that know who you are and know that you do certain things do a good job obviously more connections you're going to make and maintain some healthy business relationships repeat customers and things like that so so true yes and i'm just like nodding my head like hugely to the find a wall or a place where people aren't readily creating and that way you can stand out i'm like that yes that's exactly what i did and it's tough to like get people to you know in on it for a second like to get people to like art but then it's just a wide open field <laughs> that's what i love i heard someone say one time that you know it's the public art at least the street art and stuff you know it's for everybody but nobody at the same time you know but it's definitely the i never expected to become a muralist but after again i painted my late great friend and mentor the call started coming and yeah, I haven't been, and I'd love to sit in the studio in the AC and work on some stuff. You but, and me both. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, again, I'm not complaining. Uh, you know, it's worth calling and coming in and getting emails and phone calls and things. So, um, but it's all, it's all the seeds that I, I've planted over the years, you know, and again, being, I guess, a, a bigger fish in a smaller pond per se, like it's, I did, I planted a lot of seeds. I'm born and raised. I maintain you know, a good reputation for the most part, as far as, you know, well, definitely business-wise. I like to think that I'm known to be very reliable, honest, upfront, educating everything with potential clients even. So yeah, I think it is, a, a again, find a wall like in your area or somewhere that, you know, someone will let you do something. But again, make sure you're ready too. You know, and if you ever, I tell all artists that I meet, if you got any questions, don't ever hesitate to reach out. Like, shoot me an Instagram message or phone call yeah, my number but yeah I'm, I'm, I'm always an open book for for younger creatives or you know people that are trying to you know do something or approach something a different way you know yeah that's awesome well thank you for being one of those artists that's open to you know sharing what's going on and then having you know fighting for the artist community because there are some still out there that are like you know, they kind of keep to themselves. You know, these are my secrets and they're not like as social. So I commend you for doing the opposite. No, I appreciate it. Yeah, no, and I even, I understand them. You know, it's like, we're, I always say we're introverts that are like kind of forced to be extroverts, you know? So yes. we're all weird. That's why the art shows are weird and it's the interactions, you know, it's, I believe genuine. And, you know, there's a lot of, uh, especially here in, on 
west coast of Florida and St. Pete and this whole, you know, area. There's a lot of love. We really all work together well. And, and uh, you know, there's obvious, you know, politics and some other stupid stuff that happens from time to time. But overall, we have a great community here. And I think that's important, you know, and if there's, you know, ever, you know, something that you think needs done differently, like just do it yourself and contribute to that culture. And you'll never wonder if, what if, if you do, you know? Yeah. I do now. That's awesome. Okay. Well, thank you again so much for contributing your time and sharing all of your information. And I will keep in touch on Instagram and Facebook and all the places. But thanks again. Awesome. No, thank you. It was great talking and uh, never hesitate. That's a wrap. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Artist Academy podcast. If you've liked this episode and you've liked the tips and inspiration that you've gotten from it, then I want to encourage you to join our Artist Academy Advanced Membership. We are currently going through the yearly fourth quarter success plan designed to help you, the artist in need of a little marketing direction, make money with your art during the most profitable time of year. If there's ever a time to double down on your art business efforts with promoting and pitching and sending out the emails that you know you need to send out (laughs) and creating holiday window art and getting clear on what you're offering this holiday season and communicating that effectively with your audience, now is that time. Every year I double down on my efforts to sell during the fourth quarter and every year I get better and better at it and make even more money than any year prior. For example, like my yearly sale where I started off making $1,000 in one day at the first year I tried this. Then the next year got even better, tweaked my messaging a little bit and made $3,000 in one day. And then the following year made $5,000 in one day selling the art that was just sitting on my website that nobody had yet purchased just by enhancing my marketing and promotion efforts with this fourth quarter success plan. Every year I give you the exact game plan that I'm using refined by years past in the form of step-by-step videos and templates for you to use to sell your unique art. Whether it be originals, prints, or my favorite, murals. I make it really easy for you (laughs) to get some help with your art business plan during this very timely part of the year. Go to artistacademy.co. That's artistacademy.co or click the link below in the notes to apply and join our group of highly encouraging artists from all over the world. Again, it's artistacademy.co and I'll see you inside the membership for our fourth quarter success plan.